We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today's Wednesday, May the 26th, 2021. Today's show, I break down South Carolina's disappointing 9-3 to loss to the Alabama Crimson Tide as the Gamecocks are eliminated from SEC tournament play after day one, guys. I'll break down the game in its entirety, just what went wrong for South Carolina. Also, yes, I'm still giving out an MVP award, TSUS tourney MVP, as well as looking ahead to what's next for South Carolina baseball as the Gamecocks now sit and wait to hear their postseason fate. Also, guys, news and notes, we got a packed show here on a Wednesday, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention on the companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They're a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. The movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group. Or of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. Hoover Met Stadium, the SEC tournament, like a bad girlfriend. You know she's no good for you. You know she's toxic. 
you know she's nothing but bad news, but year after year after year after year, she just keeps reeling you back in, and you keep going back to her, even though you know better. Why, Hoover? Why must you treat us this way? Folks, happy Wednesday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, host the Spurs Up Show. As always, appreciate you all tuning in. Um, I'm, uh, I'm fired up right now because this is about 20 minutes after the Gamecocks 9-3 loss to the Alabama Crimson Tide. So this thing is very fresh. This wound is very fresh. So we got a lot to get into here on a Wednesday, guys. Hope you're all doing well again. Yeah, let's start on a positive note. Thank you all so much for tuning in, guys. By the way, thank you for making the live stream watch-along a major success yesterday. If you did not tune in, we had a brand-new setup with the actual TV in the background and all that good stuff, and I think you guys definitely enjoyed that and were a fan of that. So, again, Thank you all so much for that and for supporting that. I know that's something we started this season, of course. And as I told you guys before, you know, I was kind of on the fence about doing the live stream watch alongs. And I was sort of unsure. I was like, is it weird? Is it something we should do? Should we incorporate it? Whatever. You guys have supported every step of the way and truly made it a success this season. So, again, thank you so much. Will there be more in store? I have no idea. It depends on the postseason. depends on where we're going. depends on the games. It depends on the logistics of TSUS getting there. But otherwise, we can cross that bridge when we get to it. But again, first things first, guys, thank you so much. Had a lot of fun in the live stream watch along. Of course, it's always great taking you guys' questions, comments, opinions, chatting with you all, and going through the ups and the downs of Gamecocks Athletics and this Gamecocks baseball team. And of course, we're all here to discuss and to vent over and to express our frustration regarding the Gamecocks' 9-3 loss to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Gamecocks being eliminated from the SEC tournament, one game and done. Single elimination, of course, on Tuesday. South Carolina is donezo in this year's SEC tournament. Meanwhile, Alabama, they are being, they're going to be there at least two more days as they now move to the double elimination round. Oh, boy. Where do we start with this one? Where, where do you start with this one, honestly? Um, first things first, I'll, I'll just strictly talk about on the field and what happened because there, there's a lot of other pieces and dynamics to this game. There really are. Um, you know, South kind of, for whatever reason, you've been snake bitten by that big inning, six runs on the top of the third for Alabama, CJ Wines, your starter, which I felt confident guys with CJ coming in this game. I did thought he had a really, really good first inning, obviously looked pretty sharp early third inning completely lost it completely lost I mean no clue where the fastball is going spiking the breaking ball 42 feet to the plate so he loses it of course John Gilreese your first out of the bullpen to ting see you later ball game's pretty much over six nothing at that point from there you know it was a very typical South Carolina loss as we've seen this year the beginning hurts you you hit a couple of whatever home runs you know you live and die by the long ball, but your pitching doesn't do enough, especially early in the game, to keep you in it. And thus, you end up with a 9-3 to final score. Offensively, you know, the, t- the tone was set early. You know, baseball's a dance, guys. There's a rhythm to it, right? That's how I feel at the beginning of every single baseball game. I feel like the first inning, two innings, three innings, 
you're really kind of just settling into the flow of the game. Okay, what type of game this, is this going to be? Okay, what does our starting pitcher look like today? Okay, what are we doing offensively? What type of bats are we taking? What type of swings are we taking? You kind of know early how a game is going to go. And the entire game, the entire tone of this game was set when South Carolina got a leadoff double from Josiah Seitler in the bottom of the second. I believe that was bottom of the second. He hit that. Yeah, bottom of the second. Josiah Seitler gets a leadoff double. Kudos to Braylon Wimmer. He does his job, gets him to third. From there, you're not able to get him in. Situational hitting, lacking once again. You're not able to score him. That plus the top of the third and what happened, that's all you need to know about yesterday's ballgame. That's all you got to know. And, you know, most fans are going to pull out the card of Chris. It's Hoover. You know, we're cursed there. We can't win in Hoover. Even our best ball clubs don't win in Hoover. And you're right. The Gamecocks historically 29 and 50. That was your 50th loss in Hoover. I mean, it's crazy that a program that's had the success that South Carolina baseball has had has had these kind of struggles at the SEC tournament. But you have. But you have. And, you know, listen, guys, you guys know I'm not a, more, I'm not a fire Mark Kingston guy. Everybody knows how I feel on this. I am not a fire Mark Kingston guy. I like Mark Kingston still as we sit here on this Wednesday, May the 26th. Put me on record. I'm not selling my Mark Kingston stock. I'm not yet. But what stood out more yesterday from that ball game, what stood out most was not anything that happened on the field. Nothing that happened on the field. What stood out to me were the comments in the middle of the game and post-game from Mark Kingston and even Wes Clark. After the six-run third inning for Alabama, of course, you know they interview coaches mid-game, whatever they did, that whole song and dance or whatever it is. And... You know, I'm not going to directly quote what Kingston said. I don't have the video pulled up. I don't have his exact quote pulled up, whatever. But Mark Kingston made it very, very clear, guys, that he was not going to bring anybody back early. He was not going to push anybody that wasn't ready to play, that wasn't 110% clear of injury. He was not going to do that in order to beat Alabama and win this ball. He just simply wasn't going to do it. And listen, to have that mindset and that mentality, and listen, if, if, if you're Kingston and you're Meade and you're that coaching staff and behind closed doors, you're saying to yourself, hey, guys, we know we're a lot for the postseason. And, hey, it might even take more than is probably feasible for us to do to lock down a hosting bid. Because, you know, Mark Kingston and Skylar Meade and that staff behind closed doors, they know about their postseason picture much greater than you and I do. So maybe they know something that we don't, okay? Maybe they know something we don't. And if that's the case, I am totally fine with that. But to give off this tone that winning is not that big of a deal, 
you know, oh, we're more focused. I mean, Mark Kingston literally said, we are focused on next weekend. And again, I totally get it. You're already in the postseason. I 110% understand that. I do. And your decision-making in regards to who you started in the game on the mound, who you brought in first in relief, when you brought this guy in, who you started here and there, I don't have as much of a problem with that as I do, again, giving off the tone that winning wasn't that important. That rubs me the wrong way. You know, you only get to put the jersey on so many freaking times. You only get to put it on a certain amount of times. And there are a lot of guys on our roster that are going to get an opportunity to play at the next level, without a doubt. But not all of them will. And to not bust it every single time, every inning, every pitch that you have the opportunity to wear the jersey and to say that, you know, listen, I am not sitting here saying South going to try to lose. I am not saying that I think that is disrespectful to the coaches and the players and the staff and everyone that prepared for this game and made the trip to Hoover, Alabama. I really think that's disrespectful. But did South Carolina punt? I think that's fair. I think it's a fair question. And I talked about coming in this game, you know, the, the, the winner-go-home mentality, the must-win mentality. South Carolina did not have that. Call it for what it is. They didn't have that. They did not have that. That, that is what is the most shocking thing to me. And then some of the quotes in post-game. You know, Mark Kingston saying, quote, we're going to have nine to ten days now to get healthy, get our strength back. We'll be swinging the bats well, well come regional time. No doubt in my mind. Wes Clark saying after the game, and I love Wes, obviously, but Wes Clark saying, quote, this isn't going to happen next week. It's going to be a completely different story once we get to regionals. He also said, quote, we're good. We're really good. I'd say we're very confident. I don't understand this chipper attitude moments after an embarrassing defeat. That's the other thing that stings. Listen, you go to the SEC tournament and lose, so be it. You're playing the best competition. But there is just, in my opinion, there's no excuse to lose the way you did to Alabama. Alabama's not Arkansas. Alabama's not Mississippi State. Alabama's not Tennessee or Vandy or Florida or LSU even. They're Alabama. They went 12-17 and in the conference this year. They're not a very good ball club. And they shit all over you. Again, this podcast, this show is not me calling for Mark Kingston's head. It's not me calling for Skylar Meathead. I like this coaching staff. I like what they've done with the program. I still, that game yesterday does not take away from the fact that you've had a very solid season and you've done some great things. But by God, I do have questions. I, I do have serious questions. And again, you could have gotten away with. You know, listen, throwing Brett Carey was not feasible. Throwing Brandon Jordan was not feasible. Of course, Thomas Farr. I'm not saying bring those guys back early. You're not going to put their health at risk. You're not going to put their health in jeopardy to win an SEC tournament game, which, again, I know you're already in the postseason. So you could tell Mark Kingston and staff did not look at this as a must-win game because we're already in the postseason. And I totally understand the logic. I get it because he's right. 
Mark Kingston is right. We are already in the postseason. We are. Whether that's going to be hosting or going somewhere. Most people think it's going to be going somewhere. I tend to agree with you at this point. I think you probably needed to go two and two. You had to win at least one. You had to win at least one. So I think you'll probably be going on the road for the postseason. But you're in the postseason no matter what. I get it. Okay? I totally get it. But that is so unbelievably frustrating to get all hype and excited. And God forbid you people that traveled to Hoover, if there's many of you that are listening that traveled to Hoover, I feel for you. I truly do. I truly, truly do. But that is so frustrating when you watch a ball club. I feel like we approach this game against Alabama like it was Tuesday against App State. It's not. It's not. What's the shame in trying to make a run in Hoover? Like, what? What is it with Carolina baseball that, like, do we just not like Hoover? Do we do we not have any desire to play deep in the tournament? Is, is Ray Tanner, because, hey, even Ray Tanner's teams sucked in Hoover. I mean, is it just this thing where, like, we have in our minds, like, hey, we'd just rather get back to Columbia and rest up and chill and, and get ready for the regionals? I mean, honestly, I'm asking a genuine question. I'm, I'm asking a genuine question. Or are we just cursed? There's no way that's it. Is our strategy literally like, hey, we would rather just lose and not have to pitch our guys and be fresh going into postseason? And I know Mark Kingston can't just come out and say that. I mean, you can't come out and say, hey, man, we're just, we're glad we lost. But that's how it feels. That's how it feels, honestly. Like, is that the strategy? (laughs) Is that the strategy? Did I waste my time? getting amped up and excited and looking forward to this SEC tournament. Did I waste my time? And again, you could have you could have sold me that you could have sold me on a couple of different things in regards to your strategy. But then Julian Bosnick came in. And Julian Bosnick threw four innings of one-hit baseball, no runs, no earned runs one walk, and seven strikeouts on 55 pitches. That I cannot compute. That I do not understand. It is about playing, throwing, putting out the best possible option. Why on God's green earth did Julian Bosnick not get the start? Better yet, hey, fine. Like I said, I felt good with C.J. Wines. I did. Felt good with C.J. Wines. Flat out did. Why, if nothing else, wasn't Julian Bosnick the first arm out of the bullpen? Why? Can anyone answer me that question? Riddle me this. Because if he was available to go and he threw 55 pitches, If he was available to go, which he obviously was, why would he not get the start? Why would you not throw your best available? Like, I I just, I truly don't understand. And again, I'm getting worked up over a game that it's going to mean nothing in the long run, but it's just so frustrating. Like, you play the game to win the game. You play the game to win the game. Again, this is not a show saying, oh, fire Mark Kingston. So I know a lot of you are going to hear my comments and say, oh, you know, Chris is trying to get us. 
no, I'm not doing that. I, I like Mark Kingston. I'm a Kingston guy. You know, have no issues with Kingston, man. Like I told you guys, I think there are certainly moments where Mark Kingston overthinks things. He's not a perfect coach. Most of them aren't perfect coaches. Coaches lose games. Players win them. Bottom line. But Mark Kingston's not above questioning. And, and that question needs to be asked. I truly don't understand it. I, I don't. I don't understand the, the almost lackadaisical approach to this game. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying we were not trying to win the ballgame. That would be so disrespectful to everybody in that clubhouse, in that locker room, all those coaches, every, you know, the training staff, everyone involved with Gamecock baseball. I am not saying that. But it felt like this was the approach to the game. Hey, We've got these guys we're going to throw. We're going to treat it as a Tuesday game. If we win, great. We'll adjust accordingly. And if we don't, no biggie. We treated it like another midweek game. We really did. It feels like we treated it like App State. And it's like, dude, this ain't App State. What's wrong? What's the, what's the harm in making a run in Hoover? Because, again, the postgame comments – Mark Kingston sounds like he is almost relieved we don't have to play anymore. Did we not want to play to begin with? I like those guys. I, I like those guys a lot. But it's a fair question. It's a very fair question. Based off the comments we heard, who we saw come out there first, second, and the result we saw play out on the field. You know. I mean, on field, there's not a whole lot to break down and talk about. You got your freaking ass kicked. Ain't no other way to put it. Got your ass kicked. And it was that big third inning, that six-run third that did you in. I mean, especially in that third inning. If your absolute number one goal and objectives to win that ball game, bases loaded, two outs, you have the chance to get out of it down one nothing. Why would you not bring in Julian Bosnick? With all due respect to John Gilreath, Gilly Gilly, I like John. John's been good for you, especially of late. But is he better than Julian Bosnick? I don't think so. Is he your best option out of the bullpen? Nope. With all due respect, nope. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's like your third or fourth option, if that. He's not your number one option. It's about playing the best possible guys. I, and I just, again, it's, it's really hard for me to compute playing a baseball game with anything other than 120% conviction to win said baseball game. It's hard for me to compute that. So, like I said, it, does it matter in the long run? No, not necessarily. You're in the postseason. Cool. And Mark Kingston's thought process and strategy it makes sense. Hey, you know what? If South Carolina goes to the regional round and everybody's fresh and Brett Carey can go game one, he's lights out, and Brandon Jordan goes game two, and he's lights out, and Thomas Farr's lights out, and, and it looks like the time off helped this team, he'll look like a genius. He'll look like a genius. And everybody will forget. Everyone will forget about this Tuesday bullshit. Everybody, everybody will forget about this SEC tournament BS. Because we've always lost in Hoover. It's like, we'll just chalk it up as up. We just suck in Hoover. Doesn't matter how good or bad we are, we suck in Hoover. No other way to put it. But I guess it's just frustrating for me because selfishly, 
man, I'd, I'd love to see us make a run one year. Like, what, what's the harm in sticking around for a few days and playing some ball? What's the harm in it? You know, I, I don't know if the attitude needs to change, the approach needs to change. And, again, I'm not talking on the field. I'm talking about the approach to the SEC tournament. Does the attitude of this tournament need to change? Does the approach to this tournament need to change? I mean, you're not going to fire a coach because he's not good in the SEC tournament. Who gives a shit? If you go win the regional, who gives a damn about the SEC tournament? But it's just, it's, it's, and his strategy makes sense. But my God, like I said on social media, it is so frustrating in the present moment. It, it's so frustrating. So frustrating for, for us fans that sit there and watch and we want to see our team win every time they hit the field. Bottom line. And when you feel like, no, your team did, we did not try to lose. But when you feel like your team punted a little bit and didn't necessarily leave it all out there on the field, as the old adage goes, that's a tough pill to swallow, man. That really is. That's, that's a tough pill to swallow. So, you know. You got your tails kicked, man. And the SEC tournament ends early. Now you have time. We're going to get into just a second. What's next for kind of baseball now? Hey, you got time to look in the mirror. Get back to the drawing board. Get back to the fundamentals. What do you need to work on? What do you need to get better at? Kingston, West Clark, these guys all sound pretty damn competent. They're going to be just fine. And here's to hoping they're right. Here's to hoping they're right. I, yeah, I, I, I'm a big believer in positive momentum, guys. And that's why I say, hey, it wouldn't hurt to make a little run in the SEC tournament. But, hey, Hoover has other plans. Hoover hates South Carolina. I have no idea. I have no clue. I have genuinely no idea when it comes to that. So, let's move into TSUS tourney MVP. And I know what you guys are thinking, probably the biggest eye roll I've ever seen or ever heard, whatever. You guys probably are letting out a huge eye roll and a sigh like, Chris, really, are we doing this? Yes, because I refuse to be that guy that doesn't stick to the script through good, bad, or indifferent. You know, I had a guy on social media yesterday say, oh, you're still streaming. Y'all are down nine to three. You're stre-. Yeah, bro, we're, we're here through thick and thin, my guy. It, it, it don't matter if we're down 15 to zero. We're going to be here. I'm not going to cut the stream off early. So, hey, we're going to be here all all night. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to be here no matter what. So, yes, TSUS Tourney MVP. And this award, you know what's funny? I had a different name written down here. But I'm going to give it to Julian Bosnick. I had Braylon Wimmer's name down. But you know what? Reading Julian Bosnick's stat line, I think he deserves it. Again, four innings pitched, one hit, no runs, no earned. He had just one walk, seven strikeouts, and 55 pitches. Dominating. I mean, he just flat out dominant. Braylon Wimmer with a, with a nice day, two, two for four with a two-run homer. But Julian Bosnick, what he did on the mound, I think he deserves it again. Four innings pitch, scoreless, seven strikeouts. Why did he come in so late in the game? I have no idea. I have no clue. That's for that's for all of you to debate at this point. I mean, I've read every scenario in my head, and I, I don't understand it either. But it is what it is. Julian Bosnick, TSUS Tourney MVP for the Gamecocks' brief stay in the 2021 SEC Tournament. What's next for Counter Baseball? Now, this is important. You guys are wondering, now what? What's next? 
because the SEC tournament continues throughout the rest of this week. So I guess if you just want to watch some good SEC baseball, by all means, there will be plenty of games on. But for South Carolina specifically, there are two key dates you need to keep in mind. This Sunday, May the 30th, at 8.30 p.m., regional hosts will be revealed. The 16 regional hosts will be revealed. Now, right now, I think we all feel pretty confident in saying South Carolina will not be one of those 16, unfortunately. But regional hosts revealed Sunday night, May the 30th, at 8.30. Monday, Monday, yes, Memorial Day. Monday, May the 31st, the Field of 64 selection show will be at noon on ESPN2. This is extremely important because this will be the day we find out where the hell is South going to going. Now, with that being said, noon on Monday, we do the Daily Crow at noon, so we can all watch that together. Of course, I'll be covering that. We can all watch that together, though. We can find out together where South Carolina is going. And then that upcoming weekend will be the beginning of the regionals. It's already here. So, again, Sunday night, 8.30, you find out who the regional hosts are. Monday at noon on ESPN2, we find out where everybody else is going, all the teams, all that good stuff. So. That's what's next for Carolina baseball. But again, I guess we should have expected it. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe I was, maybe I was silly to get my hopes up and my, and my, you know, just, just have big time dreams for Hoover. Maybe that was my fault. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have known better. You know what I mean? Maybe I should have known better. So that's my bad, guys. If I got you guys fired up and 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 excited and ready to go for the game, that's my bad. I guess I shouldn't have done that. So, all we can do is look ahead. The, uh, the, the fate of the Gamecocks is in the hands of the committee now, and we will see what happens this Sunday and, of course, Monday at noon on ESPN2, that Field of 64 selection show. I think that's probably when we will find the Gamecocks postseason fate and where they will be this, this postseason. So, that's going to wrap it up, guys, for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. One quick note before I let you go. Because, of course, you're hearing the sound of my voice on Wednesday. With the early exit from the SEC tournament, I'll give you guys an idea because you might be asking yourself, Chris, like, what are the content plans for the rest of the week? Because that's another reason, selfishly, I wish we won because I would have loved to have had two or three more baseball games to break down, God forbid. But, of course, we don't have that now. So, tomorrow is 100 days until kickoff for Gamecocks football, believe it or not. And we will be counting that down as we do each and every single year on social media. Really excited for that. That's always a really, really fun time to do those countdowns. With that being said, my plan was to start talking football, believe it or not. My plan was to start talking football literally next week with the early exit from the SEC tournament. It might start tomorrow. We literally might start our opponent previews tomorrow and for Friday. Again, that's tentative. Don't hold me to it. You guys will find it on Thursday when the show drops. But I am currently working on kind of making decisions, deciding where, where, do I want to slide content around and bump that up and start talking football literally tomorrow. So if nothing else, 
if nothing else, get excited because football content, football preseason content is coming very, 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 very soon, which is obviously very exciting. So really, really good stuff. Anything to distract us away from our our just troubles in Hoover, just troubles in Hoover, just like a bad ex-girlfriend or boyfriend, guys, if you got them. Leave them alone. Get rid of them. Cut them out of your life. And maybe Gamecocks baseball should do the same thing to Hoover, Alabama in the SEC tournament. I don't know. Heck, guys. Appreciate you all tuning in. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Thank you all so much for the love and the support with the content. Truly do appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.